everyone, welcome back to the Leadership Locker. It is your host, Rich Cardona. You're in the right place. You are here in the right place. If you're a new entrepreneur, aspiring entrepreneur, if you're in the thick of it as a seasoned entrepreneur and you're encountering new problems, this is a place to be if you want to hear uh, about the journey from me or lessons I've been learning currently in year two on Mondays and Fridays. And on Wednesdays, I have experts like Dennis Yu, who is my guest today. Now, Dennis is the CEO of Blitzmetrics, digital marketing company. They partner with schools to train young adults. He's a CTO, chief technology officer at Cairo Revenue, a digital marketing company that helps contractors with their online marketing efforts. Obviously very niche. There's 50,000 chiropractors in the US, so he's kind of got that shit cornered. You know, and he's just incredibly driven by mentorship. But not only that, he has worked with some of the biggest brands you can imagine, Nike, Golden State Warriors, Rosetta Stone. He's worked with Grant Cardone. He's worked with all the big names. He's spoken 730 times in 17 countries. I mean, he's featured in every major newspaper, every major publication. He's been on the news multiple times. He's like the go-to guy. And he started at Yahoo with this guy named Seth Godin a long time ago. They worked there together. So now you could listen to all that and and immediately know this guy's qualified. But here's what I could tell you. I've seen him at Vid Summit. I've seen him at Vid Summit the following year. I've seen him at the Military Influencer Conference. I've seen him at all kinds of different little conferences. And he's extremely humble. He's extremely approachable. And he's extremely helpful. Like this is literally like the ideal guest, okay? Like this dude is not coming on here to just blow you away with how awesome he is. He's here to blow you away with knowledge and an understanding of digital plumbing, social media, digital marketing efforts. But most importantly today, he's going to talk about what I've talked about many times, which is the importance of help. And he's gonna talk to you about virtual assistants how he has a ridiculous army of them, so to speak, how they all have playbooks and systems and processes and levels to their capabilities and roles and responsibilities. And this is the shit everyone sleeps on. And I'm completely and utterly ready to start building my team out. And I'm in the process of doing that. And you'll hear about who I work with and who who sponsors the show in the mid-roll. But look, like, listen close to this first 20, 25 minutes We go deep into the importance of that help, what that help can afford you, what that kind of help costs, what that kind of help does in terms of time savings, all of it. And it's all all things you need to know as a business owner. And here's the thing, it could be a small business or it could be a big business and you can use the virtual assistants for yourself personally. If it's a small business like mine, then I can have four to five of them doing all kinds of things and I could start eliminating half the shit I don't need to be doing. But listen close to that part and then obviously we're gonna get a little bit deep into social media and kind of the digital landscape about where things are going. So I only bring industry experts and influencers on, people who can help you uh, become a better entrepreneur, a better business owner, a better mentor to the people in your company by deepening your knowledge. So we're gonna get right into it with Dennis. Here we go. All right, Dennis, first, thanks, man. This, uh, we No one knows this, but he just having some tech issues, which is complete irony. Uh, but this is a Friday. It's six over here on the East Coast, and Dennis is on his fourth podcast of the day. So thank you for that, Dennis. Uh, but I am really pumped to just like get really deep into a bunch of things. Let's do it. All right. So look, here's the thing. I just went on my Instagram stories and I was like, oh, wow, I sent you a DM back in 2019 when I met you at VidSummit. I saw you at Military Influencer Conference. I've seen you a million times and you've always been incredibly helpful. So I'm like, how? You know way too much. I could go into so many rabbit holes. It's very different. But the first thing I want to talk about before we get into the technical stuff is obviously, uh, you know, the importance of building a team. And obviously in your case, and what I'm trying to do is a virtual team. And It's really odd because I used to be of the belief like, dude, $3 an hour? Like, that's horrible. You know, and all these people in the Philippines until I saw a video that you posted of your team and how thankful they were and how much, uh, how grateful they were that you gave them, you know, a a capacity to live the life they want to live. And what are your thoughts on people who have the mindset of like, dude, I I can't, that's too cheap, or I'm going to keep it over here in the States? Look, I want to create jobs. I want to create opportunity for other people. And because I want to hire more Americans, 
then every American I hire creates another three jobs in the Philippines, right? So we're growing hand in hand. Now, you as an American, you don't want to do things like video editing, do you? You don't want to do crappy things. I don't want to say crappy, but just like lower level things that like a graphics designer could do or simple WordPress editing or taking content, chopping it up in different pieces and pushing it out across LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, all that kind of stuff. Those can all be done by people who are following a checklist-driven process step-by-step. And thus, it's not that we're hiring people for $3. This is not McDonald's, right? This is not some low-end, low-wage, dead-end McJob kind of thing. No offense, McDonald's was a client for a little while. <laughs> it's that we're, we're creating an opportunity for these folks. Yep. And the, the video I think you were referencing was when one of our VAs say, I'm, I've been so, so happy the last few years growing from you know, I started with Blitz a few years ago. I had no experience in digital marketing and I went from $2 an hour and now I'm at $6 an hour, which I know in the United States doesn't sound like a lot, but that's actually a lot of money over there. Totally. And you can live, you can live well, you can have a family, you can do all the kinds of things that suburban families are able to do on $3 an hour. You know what the average wage is in the Philippines? $380 a month full-time right? So they're not living in poverty. That's just how it is over there. And before COVID, I would go over there twice a year. And it's awesome. Can you imagine, Rich, if you went into, like, what's your favorite restaurant? Uh, there's one called here, Floriana's here in Wilmington, North Carolina. Okay. So you go to Floriana's and you rent out the entire restaurant. You bring a hundred of your friends and you say, you know what? Order anything you want. Drinks, order the most expensive steak. You know, you have a hundred of your friends at Floriana. And, you know, it's celebrating your birthday or something like that. And at the end of the whole gala or whatever, the waiter brings you the check for the entire event. But how much would that cost? Who knows? <laughs> I mean, I, I, there's no way I could even fathom that. I, there's no way. <laughs> there's no it way. It costs a lot, yeah. right? But it, it's awesome. So now imagine you doing, you're doing this in the Philippines. And then the waiter brings you the check. You've got 100 of your team that folks who have flown in, drove in, bust in. You're having a celebration at a fancy restaurant. And the bill's $300 for 100 people. Yeah. Home. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Do you want to do that more often? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I would go two times a year like you. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're now doing this in other countries as well. So we're going to do one in Nigeria, right? Nigeria's got a huge opportunity for digital marketers. Guess how much money is life-changing money for someone in Nigeria? $200. If you can, pay, if you can get someone $200, that is life-changing money. Now for you and I, $200 is, what's that going to do? Buy a couple nice meals, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Buy a couple shirts or something like that, right? $200. But can you imagine the kind of impact that you and I are able to make in other people's lives across the world? These are real people. These, a lot of people think are VAs are basically like software programs. These are real humans with families. And I just love seeing them do stuff that we just don't want to do. Like it's great for them and it's great for us, right? So yeah. that that post you saw, I think it was, the VAs were so happy that one of them made a video compilation. They, they went to a bunch of other VAs on the team and said, hey, what do you like most about Dennis? If Dennis was an object in your room, what would he be? And somebody said, oh, he's your cell phone because I can't live without him. Or he's a Frisbee because when we were in Manila, we were playing Frisbee out on the grass. Or, so they had, they, they, some, this is of their own accord. Just They organized it on their own and then they sprung it on me on my birthday. And they had a whole bunch of each of them making a little thing saying, this is what I love about Dennis. And it made me cry. Yeah. Look, here's the thing. I've seen, like I said, I've seen you many times. You've worked with ridiculous brands, ridiculous personal brands. And I don't know how to say this. Like you don't flaunt. What you do flaunt is the people that help you build what you want to build. They're awesome. It's ridiculous. Like you're a people person. <laughs> like you really, and I remember when I saw that video, I do video for a living. Like I know yeah. when it's like kind of put on, right? This was not that at all. This was yeah. the real thing. So what you guys didn't see <laughs> when Dennis was talking was he flipped through this huge book. And actually, if you don't mind, Dennis, if you could pick it up, You've mentioned checklists before. Yeah, I used to be a pilot. We live off checklists. And I know you've mentioned doctors, pilots. Like, this is a checklist. Yeah. What is that you're holding? And what can it do for someone who's reluctant about VAs? Not reluctant, but maybe now ready to go and say, I think I could assemble a team. What do you have in your hand? And what have you made since uh, hiring your first VA to now? 
So we have made literally thousands of videos and thousands of articles that are in something we call the task library. And everything that I've ever learned how to do, I've made sure to document it. Every time we have a Zoom call with a client, we're recording it to pull out the snippets on how we do something. Anytime another team member has learned how to do something, for example, submit a disavow report to Google when we see spammy links, when people are trying to Google bowl us or hurt our SEO. And so here's how you submit a disavow link to Google and get it through. And here's how you use SEMrush. And here's how you build a ClickFunnels landing page using this template. And here's how you edit one minute video. And Here's how you use a camera when you're on site, you know, filming stuff. And here's how you <laughs> wear a GoPro too while you're doing that, while you have your cell phone. And while, you know, we literally are recording how we do everything because we know that we're paying it forward in an apprenticeship, learn, do, teach way. We also call this content checklist software. So everything that we're learning how to do, like how do we set up this microphone here, which is actually in view, even though I can go like this and make it out of view. No, it's not. It's, it's well, yeah, kind of, but it sounds fantastic. You can see the little seeds now, but you can see it's here, right? Then I have this, this Rode NTG5 here, right? I learned how to do this from, from other people that are experts. And digital marketing doesn't have to be some mystery. So we like to say, like, Rich, when you get on a plane, are you, is there any concern that the pilot's going to crash or not know how to fly the plane? No. No. So with digital marketing, why is it, can you imagine if Russell Brunson wrote pilot secrets, the 10 secrets on how you can fly that, that, you know, you don't know as a pilot or whatever, how to be a great pilot, the 10 secrets, on, like, why are there all these secrets? There's, it's checklists, right? When you go to a surgeon, God forbid, and you have to get some sort of operation, maybe you went skiing and you broke your collarbone, right? Something like that. Do you, do you think that that surgeon studied the secret, the secret to repairing the collarbone? Do you think it was a secret? So why don't we publish the things that we know? So literally I've gone to, and it's not because of me, I just set the example by publishing these things, but I've gone to all the people that I know that are good at doing something, not because they talk about the thing, but they actually are practitioners currently. And we say, okay, we're going to point the camera on you and you're going to record how you did the thing step-by-step as a recipe. Then we're going to have our team of VAs or whatever, go through it and cut it up into different pieces and then have other people go through it and see if they can, if other people can successfully go through your training three times and achieve the result without needing to talk to you, without getting stuck, without having questions, then that's a mark of some of a task that can live now in the task library. So now we've assembled thousands of tasks in this task library, and we've just been adding to it and adding to it and adding to it. And I happen to like this as a prop, but there's actually thousands of videos and thousands of things in, inside our learning management system, and like just literally how we do everything. And because I'm lazy. I don't want to do the same thing over and over and over again. I'd rather just, if I, if I can document how it's done, have it be put in the content library or task library. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. I only have one VA and I'm in the process of getting two more right now. And they're in the Phil and she's in the Philippines and, and she's a rock star. But I can tell you in the times I experimented before, it was completely my fault because I didn't document anything. And I was just like, you'll mm. figure it out. Like mm-hmm. I didn't give them a chance. Yeah. And somehow I was like, you'll figure it out. It's like, that's not how it works. Right. Like, and and so I learned the hard way, but this is for the audience. Dennis is dead on just document everything and until it's right. And that way they're going to have a fighting chance and then just improve upon those skills. Especially for VAs, do not make assumptions. So you might say, okay, this is how we set up a meeting. We, you know, record the Zoom meeting and, you know, download the files and make sure you have these items in the beginning and whatnot. That's not enough. You can't make any assumptions. You have to break down every single little step. And when you see that the VA is failing, that's actually your fault because you didn't train them properly. They could be the most amazing VA. They're working hard. They really you know, are on your team. They're full-time dedicated to you. But then when your training sucks or if you're not there to manage them, because most people don't know how to manage, especially managing virtually where you have someone on the other side of the planet who's not in your same time zone. Think about this, right, Rich? So you, you and I know from having VAs that... It's, it's a multiplier. It can multiply good or multiply bad. So multiply bad is when you fail. Imagine if you're, if you're not a good manager or you don't know how to manage and your VA is sleeping when you're working and vice versa and you're not able to coordinate or the only time you know how to coordinate is via Skype or texting or Slack or whatever, you're never going to be able to, or you're too busy doing meetings. Meanwhile, your VA is there sitting there wondering like, gee, I wonder what to do. And then you tell them, I'll go Google it and try to figure it out. And then they get frustrated, but they're so polite. They don't want to say anything about it. So eventually they, just, they sit there quietly until eventually they just leave. Right. And then you, Hey, my VA disappeared. Why are these VAs disappearing? It's because you didn't have the process and the training. 
you've been there. I mean, it's it's the truth. So I want to I'm going to shift from people and some of kind of the the people processes to something I wrote down uh, when I was listening to some of the podcasts you've been on, and and you're obviously very very big on data, but if we don't have a dentist type of mind and we are simply a solopreneur or we're the veteran entrepreneur and like we finally got kind of like Google business up and we're like, okay, I think I got something figured out. Like I got Yelp, that's something, you know, like we just have things out in the matrix in our minds. How can someone like us just extract the data that we need or what would you suggest to just make it not completely overwhelming? Well, the thing that's creating overwhelm is the fact that things are stacking up on you and you're the only outlet. So it's like Tetris where the things get so high and pretty soon you get overwhelmed, right? You know, like level 99, the blocks are falling so fast. You can't you gotta try to like turn them and make them fit right. Like that's, that's what I see most entrepreneurs are like. But imagine if you're playing Tetris and you could go every, do everything at one tenth the speed. If you could slow everything down. So you could take like matrix bullet time, you know, where you can, you can arrange things the way you want then the way I think about things, the way you could have a dentist in your pocket, like a micro minion yellow banana dentist, is <laughs> what are the things that you're doing that are repetitive, right? Let's, break, let's literally track, you know, here I woke up, I did my exercise, I did a conference call, I did this, I did this. Let's see where you're allocating your time. And for things that are repetitive, everyone's got two or three hours a day of repetitive things, right? Or things that they've done many times, and document how you do those, record looms and zooms. We Every one of these things we're always recording. Every time we're with a client or with a partner, or even like we were at dinner at my favorite restaurant in Las Vegas. They serve Peking duck. It's this crazy Chinese guy, but it's in a super hole in the wall kind of place. And we recorded some training because I was with two doctors that were just, that had so much knowledge. I said, we need to record this, even though we're in a Chinese restaurant and it's busy and we're eating you know duck and all this, because I don't want to lose that opportunity. Because anytime someone can document how that's being done and it's recorded, then it can be run, it, it, it can be turned into a step-by-step checklist. So we're at the point where we have people that specialize in taking a video, like, like people like me, I'll show how to do something on a Zoom, but then I don't want to spend the time to chop it up and turn it into documentation for other people to follow. But I'm good. I'm sure you, you're good, Rich, you're good. And everyone watching or listening, you're good at demonstrating something, but it, that's, but the other, you know, for every one unit of doing it, there's 20 units of putting all the stuff together and editing it, just like producing a podcast, right? How much, like, it's fun to be on camera, but how much, for every one, one hour of effort on camera, how much effort is there in producing and editing and all that? Like 20, right? So that's how an entrepreneur is. Spend the one hour where you have excellence in relationships, in the expertise that you have, and then sub out all the rest of that other stuff. Don't be so proud where you're like, you know what? I'm going to learn to edit the video myself. I'm going to learn to make this stuff in Canva. Uh, ClickFunnels looks so easy. I'm going to learn to do that. Or, you know, in Kajabi or WordPress, or this guy told me they have this tool. It's so like, I, I'm a technology guy. And I'm telling you, I don't have time for tools because tools actually create more issues, create more confusion. They don't save me time. They, they cost you more time, don't they? Right? The more tools we have them. So the way I think about it is document the thing you know how to do. The things that are repetitive, just sub it out. But if you don't document it, you can't hire a virtual assistant. I have a maid who comes over here, and some people may hate on me, but she comes over here three times a week. And she cleans, she does laundry, she goes to Costco, she will deliver food to friends of mine, she'll she'll do anything, she'll you know go to the post office, because I just don't have time for stuff like that, right? Yeah. And I just want my time back. And you as an entrepreneur, decide what's your time worth. Is your time worth at least three bucks an hour? I hope so. <laughs> so just delegate that out, right? So you don't need to have me just literally follow this process we call learn, do, teach, right? If you're in a new area and you're just starting your business, we're like learn from the best people who have actually done the thing multiple times. So you don't have Dunning-Kruger. Then do the thing. And as you're doing the thing, document it so then you can teach other people. So if you keep following learn, do, teach, your life will constantly be doing new things instead of doing the same things over and over again. If you have clients and you have to repeat the same thing about who you are, or explaining your products or services, or an onboarding process that you have, onboarding employees, onboarding clients, guess what? That's stuff that you can record. For example, let's say there's a new employee and I could record and you know I have to explain to them, here's how Basecamp works, here's how we organize our projects, here's where the, here's how you get access to these different tools that we have and all that, and here's who you contact for this issue. Instead of doing that every single time we have a new person, I would have a video that says, hey, Dennis here, I'm so glad 
that you are a new person in our organization. There's a ton of stuff here, but let me tell you what the three components are of what you need to do. This is how you get access to systems like your email. This is how you get access to the training. And this is how you manage your time and you know get paid and things like this. And I'm going to show you, you're going to click here, you're going to click here and click here. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to Juan. And Juan is our operations manager and blah, blah, blah. So then that video will play every time we get a new person in. And, I'll, and I've taken it a step further. You might appreciate this because you're more you're also a systems and leader guy. So we ask our people to complete their three by three goal sheet. So when they come and join us, they have to lay out their personal, physical, and professional goals, short, medium, long term, right? So it's nine boxes because we believe that people should be in balance. So it's not just making money, it's your family, it's your health, it's all these different things, right? So we have them fill out this three by three goal sheet, and maybe 20 or 30% of the people would fill it out. And the other people, they were just too busy or they didn't know what to put in it or they're just, they didn't think it was important or whatever it was. So imagine you have, you know, 20, 30% of the people are filling it out. And then every quarter we come in and we say, hey, Rich, your goals from last quarter, this is what you said you want to do. This is, let's now take a look at how you did against your goals. And then let's try to conspire together using the resources that we have and the team and our connections to, to help you achieve your goals. So you're happy. So you see us as on your team. We're working for you. You're working for us, right? It's a great partnership, not this employee factory kind of thing, right? But 70% of the people don't do it. So you could try to set up autoresponders like an Infusionsoft. You could try to have their manager get an alert saying, oh, looks like Rich didn't complete his three by three goal. Then it becomes like a TPS report cover, right? You don't want to be based on TPS. So then here's what we did. We said, huh, we know that processes and training and all that are important. What do we need to do? Well, so I asked my buddy Grant Cardone to make a video and he, it's a triggered video. So then this video is sent to them only when they didn't fill out the goal sheet. And the video goes like this. He's, so he's riding his bike. He's on the Peloton. I could even probably pull it up and play it for you. And it says, Hey, uh, Dennis here told me you didn't fill out your three by three goal sheet. Shame on you. You know, I fill out my goal sheet every day. I check out my, you know, keep myself accountable every day. And I write down my goals for the next day. So, you know, uncle Grant's watching <laughs> you so creative. And I'm whether you're filling out your goals or not. Right. Can you imagine though? Like you're, you're going through your training, you're doing stuff and all of a sudden you get a text message and it's, it's a Grant Cardone video. This obviously just takes it a step further in terms of how these are not just VAs. Like my VAs now, to me, she's an ops lead. Like she's not, she doesn't just manage email and all these other things. So you're taking care of them by even looking at their goals. So like if you're getting the wrong impression that the labor is cheap just because it's affordable, he's actually treating them cheap. You obviously got the idea at this point. Now I have a follow-on question to that though. Uh, we have a new offering and it's podcast production. So we were walking them through uh, the publishing, uh, the, the distribution channel, and then I, this Riverside. And I was recording it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why didn't I just record this before? Because we have all these people asking and they want to sign up and do it. Is there anything wrong with preparing a video like that for clients because all of a sudden it's going to seem less less customizable? Like it's not about me anymore. I'm not special because it's not a personalized video. <laughs> It's actually the exact opposite of what people think. So people who say that say, oh, I don't want to do this canned robotic kind of stuff. I'm all about the one-on-one -on -one relationship and customizing and really getting in there. And I'll say, okay, if you want to have the time to spend like that with the client, you've got to automate all the other sort of like setup, you know, administrative, clerical kind of stuff. Because if you're stuck, look, I've, I've looked on the inside of a lot of entrepreneurs' houses like, you know, you go to a friend's house and maybe they didn't know you're coming and they're quickly like trying to move stuff around. It's like, oh no, they wouldn't want Rich to see that our place is actually dirty, right? I've been on the inside of a lot of entrepreneurs' houses and it's a disaster. And they spend most of their time doing administrative and clerical stuff. So VAs help you do all that kind of stuff, like laundry, like basically in your business, there's laundry and washing dishes and like mopping the floors so that you actually have the time because I want to spend quality time one-on-one -on -one with key relationships, I outsource everything else. You see, it's exactly opposite. All right, everyone, I have to tell you about my sponsor, Rocket Station. The show started to take off. I got approached by uh, a few companies. I was really thrilled, but I approached Rocket Station. I'm like, let's work together because I work with you already. I love what you guys are doing. I love how you guys have transcended my business with your uh, system uh, to help find and place VAs in companies. And we worked something out and I was thrilled about it. And, and I want to do everything in my power to help you by just letting me tell you a little bit about them. So 
First off, you've heard a little bit about what Dennis has said, and there are absolutely and unbelievably affordable VAs out there, but the difference between Rocket Station is there's a complete and full-fledged screening process. There's a process mapping, meaning they're gonna help you map out all the things that that first VA or first couple of VAs are gonna be doing for you. Okay, I have not seen that anywhere else, okay? When the VA is placed, there's check-ins, okay? So I believe for the first 90 days, there's uh, an ops manager who's directly overseeing them. And throughout the year and almost a half, I've worked with my, my main uh, one, Ellie, I'm constantly in communication with different people on the team. They check in on me, the entire Rocket Station team. So it's not just kind of like Ellie's out there alone and unafraid, and it's not like I'm the business owner alone and unafraid with, with her. You know, we, we monitor progress, we monitor goals. Uh, she's already gotten a raise. And I mean, it has helped me in ways that I cannot even explain. So if you listen to anything Dennis had to say, and you are interested in looking for virtual assistants that can turn into social media managers, ops leads, you know, your finance associates, whatever the hell it is you need, Rocket Station will have you covered. So check them out. There's two places you could check them out and you have to mention that you talked to me. You have to mention that you talked to me or you heard about them on the Leadership Locker. You can email brooks at rocketstation.com. Okay, that's brooks at rocketstation.com or you can go to and set an appointment at landing.rocketstation.com. And that is going to get you $500 off your process mapping. And trust me, the entire thing is completely and beyond reasonable and affordable if you actually give a shit about your business and are willing to invest in it. And I'm talking far, 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 far more affordable and seamless than anything you would do over here. All right? I, I'm living proof and the team's growing. So check them out. Let's get back to Dennis. So I'm gonna make a sharp right off of VAs and that kind of stuff. And I wanna talk about social. And uh, I mean, there's plenty of things, there's a zillion things, that's a loaded question. But so Simone Biles, for example, um, you know, she, she kind of tapped out, so to speak, for the Olympics, mental health. Mad respect, no issue there. Yep. When people wanna take a break from social, and let's just say they've been posting consistently for a year, year and a half, they've built up the following, they've built up their Instagram or whatever. And, and maybe they just literally want to break. And maybe you do outsource some stuff and maybe you could continue posting. But what would your advice be to people who, the creator themselves or the, the I, don't, I don't like the word influencer, but what would you say to that person who's like, look, I, I need a 30-day break. I'm going to do an absent August or a disappearing December. What would you say? Great. Take it. Just like if your body's tired, sleep. <laughs> if you don't feel like working out, don't. There's a lot of pressure where people feel like they have to keep up with the Joneses. I think... It's not like Instagram is necessarily evil, but certainly there's a lot of comparing going on and it's the high school cafeteria basically, right? And so anytime you feel pressure, whether you're Simone Biles and people think that, well, you need to, you're a gymnast and you need to do this and you don't have to. And with things like content, here's, here's a key insight that I had that significantly reduced the amount of pressure on me. I realized that by having reusable content and storing our greatest hits and turning those into ads and having VAs repurpose that content. I did create the content, so it's not ghostwritten content. It still is my content, but it's being chopped up in different pieces and being distributed. Then I could take three months off and create no content and feel zero guilt. What about engaging though? Like, I mean, so I guess this, this is a perfect segue into, you know, VAs help distribute and cut and edit. What about on the engagement part? Uh, some people will be like, dude, are you nuts? Like, it's gotta be you. And then there's other things where I would argue that you're gonna get a lot of common comments that are easily repliable and repeatable by a VA. What's your stance on that? Well, look, you're meeting Simon Sinek in a couple of weeks, right? You're gonna record some stuff with him and some other friends we have in common. Do you think that Simon's replying to every single person on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and all that? No. Then is he not authentic? <laughs> of course he's authentic. Yeah. No. Maybe he'll spend 10 or 20 minutes a day doing that. So let's say you're in a Tony Robbins coaching program, right? Or, you know, Ed Milet or Ed Milet's a client. Do you think that well, he actually was there on Twitter and Instagram? It was costing him a lot of his sleep. And I said, dude, we need to, have, we need to put a VA on that. He said, no, no, it needs to be me because I care so much about these guys. <laughs> he does. I'm in Arate Syndicate. So I was like, yeah, I know. I know what you mean. He's like really tries to be dedicated. Like, he really cares. But when you have that big, look, the bigger your audience becomes, the more you have to delegate to other people. So Jim Senegal runs Costco. He's a CEO of Costco and he still tries to visit every one of the, what, 300 Costco's. So there's a crazy number of Costco's, okay? And he tries to visit all of them, but do you think he can talk to every single Costco employee across the nation? 
And then they're even international too. So what he does is he delegates out and he creates teams of other people that are there to do coaching, there to manage. So the larger your organization grows, the more you need to start bringing in other people as number twos and number threes. So we have a a nine level system. So even if you're an you're a sole proprietor, you're a solopreneur, that this still works for you. And you, you should still think about this because I I lost a lot of lost a lot of sleep by making this mistake. Listen to this. So when we we have our nine level system, so when someone comes in as a level one and they learn how to do some very basic things, and then they learn another skill, they're level two, then they learn how to optimize level three, then become a team lead level four. So we have these different levels. The minute someone becomes a level three, they can start to train up a level one. And when they become a level four, they can train up a two or a one. At level five, they can train up a three, two, or a one, right? So as we get more people into the system and they level up, then it's their obligation as part of an apprenticeship model to train up other people that are two levels below them, ideally. Now, I'm a level nine in the system, so technically I could train a level seven all the way down to a level one. But if a level one is trying to get training from a level nine, the distance is so high that it's hard to relate. Right. So the best train, the best person to train a level one is a level three, because that level three is just slightly ahead of where that level one is. So it's not MLM. There's, there's no like downline where you're getting paid for bringing more people into the program. It's because you believe in the idea of learn, do, teach and systematizing and, you know, study where you study the training that was done by somebody else. You do it yourself and then you document how it's done so that as the screenshots change, in Google My Business or Google Analytics or Facebook ads or what, as the interfaces change all the time, they can come in and update that core training. So all the other people that continue to come to the training are working with something that's current. This is like the Marine Corps, like Lance Corporals are teaching privates. Uh, when I was a pilot, you know, you know the operating manual, like are, are the... SOPs. Yeah, the SOPs and the read and initial board, like someone's updating it and then we we mark yeah. up, we've read it and initial. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a great, great system and I love how you replicated that. Now, we know that you know and are an expert in uh, allowing your team to create a lot of content out and be everywhere uh, from everything that you're doing. I mean, you talk about how you record everything. You've been on four podcasts today. So all of it's going to get diced up, chopped up, and put in the right places. Now, while that's fantastic, do I really need a pulse everywhere? Do I need to be on Snapchat and Twitter and Instagram? I mean, I just because I have the capability to be all those places, do I need to be? What is your take on that? Because I get that question all the time. So I separate out the content production with the content distribution. So the fact that we're making video content here on Riverside.fm, that's the production piece. But then we can cut out snippets that become Instagram stories. We can pull out little highlights that become tweets. We can turn this into a YouTube segment. We can load it through all the different podcasts. I mean, you certainly know that because of what you do professionally. You know better than I do. But you, you know, but most people don't know, that the production of the content is separate from the distribution of the content. And it's fine, you know, Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn, what these they all have different formats. So you need a team of people to take that long form content and then chop it up and make it work. The, the way you're gonna work in YouTube is different than the way you're gonna work on Instagram. But it doesn't mean you're creating content separately for every single one of these channels. So then people are like, well, should I be on Google or should I be on Facebook or should I do LinkedIn or should I do whatever? And I'll say, would you like me to cut your left arm off or your right arm off? How about neither? <laughs> I mean, I guess the question is, how do you decide, like, what if your heart isn't uh, in Twitter, you know, like, do you, should you still be making the tweets? I'm not even making the tweets. Look, I got a blue check mark on Twitter, I want to say 14 years ago. I have 71,000 followers on Twitter. And I just kind of forgot about Twitter the last 10 years. Yeah. I did almost nothing on Twitter. Right. I might tweet once in a while. And Instagram has a thing where, you know, you post and it'll auto post on Twitter if you select it. Because I just didn't want to be there. I didn't have time. I only had time basically for LinkedIn and Facebook and Google. Those are kind of my three. And everything else I just don't have time for is what I thought. Then I realized, wait a minute, if I have other team members that are there that know my voice and they're able to post as me, they can handle that. And it's not inauthentic because it's they're actually taking my content and repurposing it. That's the difference. They're not writing my content. They're repurposing my content. They're engaging as me. And then they're going through things like chatbots. You know, Instagram has a chatbot. You can do chatbots now where people can have conversations. It's just like text messaging campaigns where, you know, Gary or Grant will say, yeah, you want to have a, you know, let's get me here, text me at this number and let's chat about whatever. You're not texting with Grant Cardone. Are you kidding? No, it's a, it's a text messenger <laughs> bot, right? <laughs> Yeah, I, I want to say one thing about what you said uh, about the voice. Like, 
it's inevitable, even if they don't necessarily have contact with you, that they'll understand your voice. I was so surprised the first time she's like, hey, you didn't have copy, but I put it in for you. I'm like, what'd you do? And I was like, wow, this is dead on. <laughs> Can I tell you a secret? My LinkedIn, I've had a friend of mine manage my LinkedIn the last three months. He's done all these posts. He's driven higher engagement than I have, which is like, he's being more, how can someone be more dentist than Dennis? <laughs> and no one has once said a word, right? We've driven probably a million views on my LinkedIn post because some of them will take off. And if you just look, it's just consistently positive feedback. You know, people are like, wow, that's an amazing quote. And what, and it's Sam Winsbury. He's the one who's, you know, that's would let the cat out of the bag now that demonstrated this thing all works. But before he could come in and ever get my LinkedIn, he had to study the content. He had to make sure that, you know, he was a practitioner of the things that we preach. By, do, by doing all these things, by having VAs, by building up a team, by you know talking about personal branding, and all these different things so that he was qualified to do it. I saw some of his sample. I made him go through this whole rigmarole to qualify. I really made him run through the gauntlet. He did really well. He produced sample content for me. And I said, this looks good. Yeah, wow. This, this looks really, really good, right? Or he took... A, a podcast, it could be our Leadership Locker podcast and pull out some of the quotes that I've made or you've made or condense them so they can be turned into tweets or, or turned into broetry, which is line, one sentence paragraphs. Oh yeah. Right? That's LinkedIn. Yeah. And, oh, it, yeah. and it's working super well. It's still my content. It's still my values. He's, he's just kind of editing what I've been saying, but not coming in with something new. And so that's working super well on LinkedIn. So I only look at LinkedIn once in a while just to kind of see what's going on. And someone once, I think it was Shalene Johnson who said, the people who are on social media the most are the people who are on it the least. <laughs> like, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you're on it all the time, but you're not actually on it. Yeah, but, like, if you want to reach Gary Vaynerchuk, you're not going to be on Vaynermedia's, he's not there. And you might be able to get him on Twitter here and there. Yes, true. Right? Same thing. He was like, not to be political, but those those tweets were tweet tweeted by other people with intentional spelling mistakes, Right. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yep. So you are uh, notorious for the dollar a day, not notorious, uh, but infamous or whatever the right appropriate word is for the Facebook dollar a day thing. And actually, you know what? Let me hold off on that. The reason I actually reached out to you right away was when I saw you had uh, a post. I forget where it was posted. It was probably posted multiple places about being locked out of Facebook. Yeah. I'm like, so the guy who spent a billion dollars on Facebook is locked out of his business account? Like, has hell frozen over? And I know you so well, it feels like, that I was like, I got to find yeah. this out because this is what everyone preaches, yeah. right? Like that you don't actually own the content or your space there. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that if you're at Liberty too, and what oh, some yeah. of the outcome was? Yeah, so Facebook is rented land. And all social media is rented land. But the reason why we're there is because there's a lot of people that are there. And a lot of people say, oh, you need to be on your website because it's your property. Yeah, but you got to get people to come to your property. So you still need social media. You still need Google. You still need email. You still need to bring people to your property. So it's not that one is better than the other. So that's called owned, earned, and paid. Facebook happens to be the Google of social networking. They are the dominant social network. So you kind of have to be there because everyone is there. And there's so many sub niches there that doesn't matter what the niche is. It's on Facebook. And so we've run a lot of ads on Facebook for a lot of companies and we have a lot of data. And sometimes we get ad accounts banned because algorithmically they're setting up these different rules and they tune, they tune the rules to sometimes be more sensitive and sometimes they tune it back. Because Sheryl Sandberg, who's the COO, who's really the one that runs Facebook, not Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg is more like a figurehead hanging out with billionaires now. But Sheryl said, because she came from Google, Sheryl around sales at Google, she said, we want to be able to grow Facebook without hiring 50,000 more employees. Let's try to automate it. Let's try to make the bot really smart. And so the global sales team, which is only a couple thousand people, that, that's why you can't reach them because there's only a couple thousand people Yeah, trying to serve. I think they have 7 million advertisers now. So you have 3,000 people serving 7 million advertisers. Good luck trying to get through that one. Oh, but I spend $10,000 a month. Yeah. Good luck. That's nothing, okay, compared to Facebook made, what, $22 billion last quarter or something? It's nothing, okay? So because they're doing it through automated means, any one thing that gets you in trouble can ricochet or avalanche into multiple accounts being banned and then the entire business manager being banned, which is what happened to us. So I use some of my contacts at Facebook to say, hey, guys, this is ridiculous, right? Because we, I've been banned 15, 20 times, and each time it's like, all right, guys, you know, this is ridiculous. Just go ahead and fix it and they'll fix it, but they won't say anything. And I'll say, okay, what, what, what rule did I break? 
Oh, we can't tell you that because it's confidential. Okay, yeah, but you unbanned me. So what I get banned for in the first place? Well, there was an error in the system. What error in the system, right? And if I'm the one having this issue, like you mentioned, Rich, good luck for someone who doesn't have any kind of clout or hasn't spent any money, some random dry cleaner in Minnesota, good luck on them trying to get their account unbanned, right? At least I know who the people are, at least the Facebook executives, they've seen me on TV talking about Facebook, you know, this kind of thing. So it, unfortunately, that's where it is now because this is, this is something we've brought upon ourselves because of the scrutiny from Cambridge Analytica and Russians and Chinese manipulating the election through the dollar a day technique, which is the one that we taught. Then there's been so much scrutiny. The government's, by the way, going to come down real hard on Facebook in the next year. You're going to see Instagram probably be broken apart, just like the airlines or telecoms being deregulated. You're going to see this kind of thing happen because, because this privacy, there's no escaping this privacy scrutiny, data, you know, monitoring patient information. What you're, you're never like the, it will like Facebook has been so smug Senator, we run ads that they think that they could get away with it. Cause oh, we're smarter than these senators. We're, we're Silicon Valley. We we're years ahead of them. Yeah. Well, the government's slow, but the government will catch you eventually. So two questions. Do you still recommend the dollar a day method? Yeah, absolutely. So I was just giving you a little color just to show you kind of like what's behind you. No, I got it. But here's the deal. Whether you're big or small, dollar a day is even more powerful today than it was before. Why? Because the cost of traffic is going up. The AI is getting smarter. So if you can put content, 15 second videos, one minute videos of people, of you, of your clients, of your knowledge, of you, you know, you, your favorite coffee place, like whatever it is, little moments of who you are, the system will optimize for you. The system will do the targeting. The system will do the bidding. The system will do the optimization. The AI is so smart. And we could talk, if you're a real geek, you know, we, we could talk about this later, but just, I can talk about the machine learning behind what the algorithm does. Basically, you just put content in there, let it run for a dollar a day. Anytime you have an interesting piece of content, don't make it only sales content, have a mix of different kinds of things. Put a dollar a day against it. And maybe in the first month, you put out 10 little one minute videos, boost it for a dollar a day. Uh, do it on Twitter too. You can do the same thing on Facebook, reuse the same video. I literally am doing this. Like yesterday, I had people in our private coaching group that you can see they're making a bunch of these, these videos that are here, right? We're just making videos. And then I'm taking that video and I'm posting it Twitter and boosting it. That takes a minute. It literally takes me one minute. It's not an ad. It's just a boost. Like you're just saying, I want more people to see this. Here, here. I, I said, hey, my buddy Bruno is the top affiliate marketer in Nigeria. Look, this is what I'm doing here. See? My friend Bruno is the top affiliate marketer in Nigeria. Why is that, Bruno? So he talks about affiliate marketing for 20 seconds. I put that on Twitter. The thing's gotten whatever, 10,000 impressions so he can grow his audience. I take it to Facebook and I cross post it. I cross posted Instagram. So I made three posts at the same time and I boosted it all within two minutes. There's no excuse. No, I, I'm with you. So you and I know this 10 pieces of content, two or three of them are going to hit. You could put a little bit more money behind it. And I know how you feel about not putting too much behind it. Like go from one to three or go from one to five. But here's the funny thing. And this is more of a personality thing. The videos that you think are going to hit usually don't. And the ones that you don't think are going to hit do well. Why is that? It's because we are all Dunning-Kruger people who think we know, but we don't actually know. The minute you realize that you're an idiot and you're wrong. Like, I've spent so much money on ads. Like I think I'm an expert. I think I know. I think I can look at a grid of ads and say, you know what? I think this one's going to do the best and I'm wrong. It's all, it's going to be the plain looking one with the ugly landing page, right? Cause I, you know, I'll choose the polished video or I'll choose the one that really resonates with my own personal biases, but you're right. When you put 10 of them out there, the one that wins is usually not the one that you think is going to win. When you have different landing pages or if you redesign the website, the new website usually does poor. Why? Because it looks nicer because it pleases the owner, but it doesn't convert. So if your goal is conversion, then what you want to do is create 10 or 15 one-minute videos, different angles, not all the same thing, and then put a dollar a day against them for $7. So let's see if you have 10 of them. So you put $7 on each. So you spent $70 and you're testing. And you're figuring out what the winner is. And the winner, you put $10 a day against this. You spent, so we did this with Infusionsoft, which is a, which is a marketing software company. And we, we made a whole bunch of videos talking about marketing automation and email and landing pages and small businesses and why they were struggling and software so difficult. And like made all sorts, it's just like all kinds of spaghetti on the wall sorts of things. And the one winner, we could never have predicted, but we spent $1.3 million on that winner. 
over time. It was, you know, those, those shows where people sing or whatever. And then eventually there's down to like eight of them and four of them. And then there's like a winner after you know, the people get voted off. I view Facebook ads as this microcosm, or it could be like, whatever, what is it like the sweet 16 where there's NBA playoffs, where there's a whole bunch of things. Yeah, yeah, there's totally, like a semifinal totally. and then like one win. They battle it out. You know? <laughs> whatever your favorite sports analogy is, you know, NHL playoffs, whatever it might be, that's the way I view any kind of ad-driven system. It could be Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn. Is you're creating a, but like these are all different teams. And I love all the teams, but I'm creating a lot of little videos that I think might be pretty good. And then we're just putting them into the system Let's say there's 32 of them or however many, put it into the system, put a dollar a day, close the lid, and, this, and then the, the Facebook does all the work for us. Twitter does all the work. Their AI, it's the same AI. LinkedIn, same AI, does all the work for us and says, ta-da, of the 32, this is the one. Okay, well, then I'm going to put $1,000 on that one. And some people say, well, I'm a, I'm a big player. I'm not going to play your dollar a day thing. I can spend $1,000 right now. Yes, but wouldn't you rather test and then the winner put $10,000 on the winner? Or you, you are so confident, you're just going to go ahead and bet it all on black. So we're talking views and visibility right now. So to me, what you're saying is awareness. At what point are we talking like no kidding ads? Like, I want you to click on this so you could visit my landing page because a lot of people misconstrue organic versus paid. And there's that, that leap is really tough. Even if you're talking about the dollar day to boost, when are we talking about putting money behind ads? Okay. So the algorithm, and when I say algorithm, I mean wh whenever there's a social network and there's lots of content and the system has to prioritize what shows up in people's feed because there's more content that you can possibly consume. That's what I mean by the algorithm. The algorithm is looking at what's got the highest engagement rate, who's staying to watch, which is called dwell time, which is what TikTok is looking at in particular more than the other networks. And those are the items that will continue to show in the feed. Now, I'm not saying you have to have some crazy Miley Cyrus 10 million views. I mean, we're not trying to do something, you know, ostentatious or confrontational, just something that, that resonates where we're getting good engagement. So the thing that gets good engagement organically is also the thing that will do well if we boost. Why? Because boosting is using the same algorithm to put fuel on the fire. Now, where people make the mistake is they think, okay, well, Dennis said that whatever has the highest engagement, you should put more money on. So then they put out a bunch of videos and guess what drives the highest engagement? The one with the cats, the kittens or the babies or the bacon or things like that that have nothing to do with their <laughs> business, but it got the highest engagement. And well, Dennis told me that. No, that's not what I said. What we're saying is, Every business is here to drive sales, right? Leads, calls, people filling out a form, selling courses, packages, retainers, whatever it is you're selling, right? So you start at the bottom, which means selling, right? The conversion with three-stage funnel, start at the bottom and you start remarketing. So what do you do dollar a day on? People who have been to your website, people who are in your email list, people who are in a remarketing audience, right? And you guys all understand remarketing, right? So we start there. And then as we're feeding in the conversions, this is what we call digital plumbing, which is putting all the data, like Google Tag Manager, our email audiences, the conversion API, the tracking different events, the, all these different things, like all your data being shared properly to Google and Facebook in the right way, which is what, you know, stuff like this is all about. If the data is being shared in the right way, then you're sending the signal to Facebook or Google or whoever saying, I want people... I want more people to buy this particular, if they click on this link and they bought this course or they fill out this form or they clicked on this thing to, you know, have a phone call with me because, you know, Google has called tracking, that kind of thing, Google My Business, all that, Google Ads, right? Then I want more of these sorts of people. They're like, oh, okay. So then they take the remarketing audiences, which are the people that didn't buy, but they're in your email list. They're past customers. They've been to your landing page. They watched a video, whatever it is. And we, we keep, you know, those ads that follow you around. So all the all that remarketing, then, you know, you get followed around on the Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and all these other places because that's what remarketing is. We care about that next 24 hours when you had that initial touch, but they didn't buy. We follow them around all the different networks, right? So that's where dollar a day starts because think about how much that traffic's worth. You paid all, you paid five bucks a click to get people to come to your website. Then you have, you know, however many people that you spent money on, all those people are really close to buying, but only 2% of them bought, which means 98% of that traffic you lost. You have no way to talk to them again. So use dollar a day to remarket real hard on that audience. How, what do you think? Let's say you have a thousand potential buyers that came to your website or leads or, you know, going to a landing page, learning about your products and services. Let's say you have a thousand people in a month. How much do you think it costs to bombard those people on Facebook with follow-up messages because they were just on your site? I mean, I don't know. About a dollar a day. So about $30 for a month. <laughs> yeah. Bombard. And is it worth it? Is it worth spending $30 to just bombard people who have been to your website but didn't buy? 
And assuming you drove good traffic, assuming that it was SEO, assuming you had a list, assuming like whatever it was that drove traffic to your website, is it worth a dollar a day to be able to hammer those people with other messages? Obviously, you don't want to give them the same message. You want to give them something that's not creepy. You want to add a little value. You want to mention something else that they might have thought about or talk about your firm or show, you know, Rich Cardona as a leader. So like another, like something else that you might do because they didn't buy just to generate more trust, right? There's other things you can say to them, right? If you had another shot, right? So why not have dollar a day start here at the bottom, which then drives more sales. And as you drive more sales, guess what? You reinvest back into the machine. And then you start to drive engagement audiences, which is collecting email addresses, getting people to the website, getting them to the chat box, getting their phone number, people watching your video for at least 30 seconds. Like there's all these different things, right? That's engagement. Then as you're making money there, that drives more into the remarketing pool, more people on the website, more people calling, more people, whatever, right? So you're starting from the bottom and we're investing up. And as we make money, we're bootstrapping and investing up. And then once you have this system working and you're at least 50 conversions per ad set per week on Google, on Facebook, on whatever it is, because you're passing all the same conversion data, it's the same tracking, that's called digital plumbing. Then you can invest in building your name overall, like a Gary Vaynerchuk or a Grant Cardone or whatever, where you start doing lifestyle things like here's my jet or stuff like that. Because you, you know that by building these audiences, enough are going to flow down to become leads and enough will flow down to become sales. So dollar a day yes. means starting from the bottom going up. And that's what most people miss. Most people start at the top. And so they put out there them leaning against a, a Lamborghini or something. Like, that's not what personal branding and sales is. Because that's just going to drive you more 18-year-old kids that like Lamborghinis. Yes. And, yeah, you'll get more followers. But how is that going to drive your business? And how does it, how does it provide the signal to Facebook and Google and LinkedIn of what you want. If you don't start with the signal down here in the bottom, what are you doing, right? Dennis, you're, yeah, I mean, this is so embarrassing, but like, I mean, I'm very big on- That's the influencer. That's why you don't want to say influencer because they act this way, right? I don't care. Look, would you rather make a one minute video with this Sony a7R4 or take a picture in front of a Lamborghini? What has more value? Come on, this has way more value, right? 100%, 100%. But are the, are the, are the influencers, you know, showing stuff like that? No. Last question. And thank you. I I know we had a little trouble at the beginning, so I appreciate the extra time here. So obviously uh, we do, not obviously, but we do video production. So, you know, when we have a podcast or when I have do videos for someone, we'll make sure we have them in all the formats they need to repurpose anywhere they need to, you know, obviously TikTok and Instagram and everywhere else. But now we're obviously starting to see the rise of short-form content, which is obviously something you've been preaching forever. Um, but YouTube Shorts, Reels, and, and these kinds of things, like, are, are these things going to pick up steam, especially Shorts? I'm like particularly interested in Shorts for some reason. Well, we don't know officially from YouTube, but I think that YouTube Shorts is here to stay, and it's not a fad, because for the last 15 years, we've seen Google attempt social networking. They've started their own. It could be 360. It could be Wave. They've bought other social networks. And every single one of them's failed, hasn't it? That's right. So they're so eager and desperate to win in social that they finally said, you know what? If you're on YouTube, we're going to violate the holy grail and have one-minute vertical videos. And if you tell that to a YouTuber, they're going to (laughs) turn in their grave. They're going to say, what? It's supposed to be you know, landscape. You can't do vertical video on YouTube because with YouTube, you're supposed to have a premiere and every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. is when we drop our next episode, that kind of thing, right? <laughs> so now with YouTube Shorts and you guys, you know, you you know, between friends of ours, that there's folks that are just absolutely killing it on YouTube yes. Shorts. And it's, insane. and it's not just, you know, Instagram Reels because they're trying to kill TikTok or things like that. It It's because that is where things are going. It's not a fad. It's the young, now I'm going to stereotype. But the younger generation has less and less attention. Maybe it's because of the mobile phones or ADD or whatever it might be. There's a dog here in the background. I think you can see. (laughs) Right? See, just, oh, look, squirrel. Yep. But with the younger generation being so addicted to cell phones and technology and this multi-attention kind of thing going on, we've got to create content that appeals to them. I saw McDonald's is killing it on Twitter yesterday. Really? They're posting something about this raspberry slushy. I'm not even saying it right. And then they showed an egg McMuffin. And apparently that's a TikTok thing that's that they're tuned into that's resonating with that audience. And because I don't get it, that means I'm too old. I'm like that old person that can't program the VCR. I've missed it. So now I've got to spend time with my younger friends who can explain this stuff to me. Crazy. Well, I will say this um, really quickly is the ability to practice being concise is unbelievable and being educational and concise and entertaining. The amount of creative people I've seen around my age is like 
ridiculous. And I'm going to tell you something really quick. Right before our call, I'm like, I haven't read anything today. So I didn't. I forgot 10 minutes of reading yesterday. So I'm like, well, I got to set an alarm for 20 minutes. So I go upstairs. And because I saw a TikTok two days ago where a guy's like, here's a trick to help you reading. He's like, just read the, read the middle of the page. You could use your peripheral vision for that kind of outer edges. And he's yeah. like, and just use your finger. And I read like 26 pages and like I felt like two seconds and I retained it <laughs> and I'm talking about a, sh- a short video not a long form YouTube video that was going to take me down the rabbit hole of the importance of speed reading yeah it's a huge skill to learn and I think yeah. it's really taking over you know it's funny because I've spoken at 800 conferences now in the last 30 years and it's easy to give a one-hour keynote you know what's way harder than a one-hour keynote a one-minute video because <laughs> imagine like you, if you were to condense any topic that you had into one, so let's say, let's say you're a chiropractor, the five things that you need to know about migraines, one, two, three, four, five, and then, and there you go. And that's it. You literally, you have to be so on point. You have to know your content exactly, right? Yeah. You know, what's harder than a one minute video, 15 second video, 30 second video, <laughs> 15 second video. Cause you got to get straight to the thing. And so I interview a lot of business owners who have a lot of experience and are very successful and I'll ask them a question and they can't answer that question in 15 seconds. Yeah. They want to talk for an hour. So we got to learn to be able to say things and literally just one tip, like read down the middle of the page. You'll be able to read 400 words per minute instead of 180 words per minute, right? Yeah, it was not. Hey, I can turn my camera on and off with this little doodad. So I don't, so it saves me a bunch of time as I'm recording. Oh, cool. That's one cool little tip for people who build courses, right? Or, hey, how do I do my lighting here? Well, this is what I do with this lighting and this is how I set the levels and all this. Like, how do you do one thing? Boom, 15 seconds. Just like while I'm standing in line, or while I'm filling the gas at the gas station, just give me this one tip real quick, add value. Don't introduce it. Just like literally go straight to it. That's a funny thing. And and we'll we'll wrap here. And then I just want to make sure people know where to find you and, and your courses. But, you know, obviously I got Simon in a couple of weeks and it's so funny because like you talked about it. A lot of people are like, start with why. But right now I just feel like how to is just ruling everything. Like you say, my buddy Dennis says, start with how. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will lead with that. So I will lead with that. But it is really interesting. And I used to be a guy who's like, it's all about the why. It's all about the why. And I've shifted significantly. And I will say my engagement and the private DMs and and that really helped me. Or can I ask you a follow-up question? It, it's really been a difference maker. Now, um, Dennis talked about a lot of things. He talked about VAs. He talked about digital plumbing. And we talked about social media. And he has courses. As a matter of fact, Dennis, uh, I was taking my VA through Blitzmetrics today. And I'm like, get that, get that, get that. Because I'm going to be in Nashville next week. I'm like, you're going to study all this. And when I get back, and I think we're going to do an absent August, and I'm like, we're going to recalibrate and we're going to hit the last quarter like a freaking bat out of hell. Um, so blitzmetrics.com is where you can find uh, Dennis's courses. Dennis, anywhere else people can find and consume some of your content to learn more? Just Google me. You go to YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is, whatever your favorite way, like there's blogs, go there and you'll find me there. If you want to connect with me, connect with me on LinkedIn or on Twitter. I'd love to see what you think about this. We're always learning. I want to hear your examples. I'm going to feature your examples. So if you're doing one minute videos and 15 second videos, if you like Rich or any of the other guests he has, which are all top notch, I'm honored to be on your podcast. I would love to hear about that. And I'd love to give you a retweet because we're all about sharing and honoring other people that are doing kick butt job sorts of things. Yeah. Dennis is, he's not lying when he says that. So uh, at all, Dennis, I cannot thank you enough. I glazed over a lot. So I'm kind of like, I'm looking at all my questions. I'm like, (laughs) but uh, it's so good. And I appreciate it. And the main takeaway, everyone listening really quick is, I really am an advocate of kind of try and pay yourself last if you could build out that team Dennis was talking about for the first half of the podcast. I, Gary V said it on our last podcast. He goes, you want to make more money this year and it's going to cost you a ton of money in the next decade. He goes, spend the money now and watch your profits go through the roof for the next decade. So thank you very much for that. And uh, we will catch up soon. Thank you, Rich. All right, everyone, go check Dennis out at DennisU.com. And let me tell you, after we talked for a while after the podcast, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to be in Vegas soon. Are you going to be around? He's like, uh, yeah. He's like, if, if you come out, let me know so we could go eat. And uh, he's like, I like to have meetings over food. And I'm like, okay. He's like, M- I like to call them meetings. But he's really like a people person. And, and I love that because I would have obviously opted to try to have that interview in person, but our schedules didn't necessarily align. So now we're going to have that opportunity. This is why I go out to see people because there's a connection. So, I mean, this is even better. Like we connected remotely, had a great podcast. Obviously there's good rapport and I've known Dennis for a while now, but now we're going to go have dinner in Vegas. Hell yeah. So check him out and do me a favor. I keep bringing on these fucking shit hot guests. I mean, they're fucking good, man. And I know you know it. All right. So 
in order for this to keep going and growing the way I want it to, if you're interested in helping me help entrepreneurs, small business owners, veterans, veteran entrepreneurs, then ratings and reviews and word of mouth sharing of this podcast is key. Okay, and I already mentioned in the last couple episodes, please DM me, email me, whatever, because I want to talk to you. I want to know who you are, what you do, what you've gained from this, what you've lost from this, what you don't like, what I, all of it. I want to get to know some of you so I can serve you better. If I'm having guests on that are just like, dude, like that didn't do shit for me, then I need to know. But I want to do the best possible job I can for you. And if you get anything out of it, then please just reciprocate and send that out to someone. It takes 60 seconds to rate it or review it or to share it or to share a post or to send a link or to text a link to someone and be like, dude, you got to listen to this. This guy, Dennis, was on fire or a solo episode with me. Rich was on fire. Whatever it is. Last thing I'll say is thank you. You heard him. I got Simon Sinek coming up. That's a dream come true. One of my friends is like, are you nervous? I'm like, no, like hell no. I can't wait to sit and have a conversation. And th that's how I look at it. It's a conversation. It's not a podcast. I mean, I'll, I don't know. I'll read a couple things. I already read Infinite Game, but I'm not going to go nuts. I want to sit and I want to talk. And I know that you and I share a lot of the same questions. But thank you because getting all these people and you heard Dennis, like we know a lot of the same people, the names floating around. And that helps put me in a position to get better guests. And you are the ones helping me do it because I have downloads and numbers to back it up, not just names. So thank you, everyone, uh, for supporting the Leadership Locker. And I am contemplating a new show, a different show, and maybe a different name. But that is to be determined. But I'm letting you know it's floating in my mind. You have a fantastic rest of the day. And I really hope you enjoyed this. Later. <laughs>